We heard it from the first time last week, and now let's continue the chat with the amazing Brenda joining us tonight to talk about trans rights here in Hong Kong. Here is Radio 3's intern, Abe. This week, we continue our conversation with Dr. Brenda Rodriguez Alegre, an openly trans university lecturer and advocate for the LGBTQ community. We're going to continue to talk about the crucial issue of trans rights and the challenges that trans people face in Hong Kong. Stay tuned for more. You're trans yourself, so can you elaborate on how transphobia has affected your life in particular, and in what ways has discrimination actually manifested from your perspective? Well, because my documents don't reflect my gender identity, it can be very difficult. You know, like there were times, in, there was a time in the past where I was applying for a residential uh, occupancy in a public residential space, you know, and they accepted me on uh, over the phone and via email and they saw me in person, they accepted me. But then when they were asking for my Hong Kong ID and they saw that I am still male on my HK ID, they rejected me. So it's like, because I am male on my ID, they perceive me differently, you know, socially different, you know. Um, that is one disadvantage. Uh, another experience is like, for example, changing rooms, public changing rooms or public toilets. We're not guaranteed that uh, we will be safe in the, the, the spaces, you know, where we go to. For example, I go to the women's uh, toilets or changing rooms. I cannot always guarantee. And there's a problem there because it's like wanting to be read as that gender you present yourself as. It's problematic because you, you wanted to convince people that how you present yourself and how you live yourself is what should be read by others as well. So uh, this kind of reading b- bodies, you know, and matching that with a particular gender label is very problematic. How about if you don't uh, if, if you don't really identify yourself as a binary trans person, a binary woman or a, a man, right? So that can be a very problematic situation. So my particular experience has been quite challenging. There's a lot of thinking going on. You know, sometimes I just, I'd rather go to the mobility toilet even if I don't see myself as physically disabled. And I would take up someone else's space to use the mobility toilet, you know, just for me to feel safe. Right, and it's it's hard. And based on my experience going to different countries, it's a little different. You know, like for example, in Europe or in Australia or in New Zealand, in Canada, I could actually go up, go around. I could go to the women's toilets or changing rooms with with less um, thought. It's it feels like it's easier to navigate those places. Here, there's a little bit of extra care. You know. Yeah, I mean that sounds really horrible. The fact that something as simple as going to the toilet that you have to to think about that really deeply because some trans people over the past you know have already been accused of loitering cases because they went to the toilet that they feel they should go to or mm-hmm. public changing rooms that they they feel that they should go to and that's the hard part you know we we don't get to convince them just by simply going there so then everything is questioned and what they don't know not only are we being charged or questioned for something uh, uh, violating a particular policy but uh, we're our it also traumatizes us it breaks us because they don't know the social trauma that this experience brings to us it, it's like a lifelong process to be authentic and to be broken at that point just because you're not allowed to go to the toilet or changing room can be very traumatizing you're an advocate for trans rights how positive has the reception to your advocacy been and over the past few years have things been getting better um, it has been getting better, but then just like the law of physics, for every action, there's a reaction. Mm-hmm. So I think like 
I, I keep thinking, why is it that in the past there seemed to be lesser negative reaction to the movement? Because probably the movement was was growing. It was very. It was at its starting point. But now that we are somehow getting more uh, traction and leverage, it's becoming more um, noticeable. People people are reacting even more. So the hate is coming in. The transphobia, the homophobia, the queerphobia is coming in. To me, I am just gaining experience and wisdom over the years. You know, I'm learning things. I'm learning from other advocates. I'm learning from um, the experience of doing this, from the literature, you know, things that I discover each time. But it's also not easy to get support, you know, because what people don't know is we also have to do our job. So like I have a day job teaching. Fortunately, mm-hmm. in, in my teaching, I get to talk about these things, right? But then if we want to, let's say, uh, um, come up with projects that can benefit trans people, it sometimes would have to require budget or funding and that's not very easy because it's not always accessible so it can be a challenge um, I feel that there has been progress at some point you know because like uh, there are certain trans people or LGBT people who have already been positioned strategically in, in their respective governments like in the Philippines we have Geraldine Roman who is the first out trans woman um, legislator mm-hmm. in America there is Sarah McBride who just won last year's election you know um, so she's a, an out trans woman and there are several other trans and non-binary people and people of color who have won the election also so in that respect trans people are getting noticed but then affecting the culture the mindset of people is another work that we we need to continue doing common room is a show that a lot of young people tune into on that note i just want to ask are there any particular challenges that trans youth face in everyday society I think it's a search for identity and understanding your journey. You know, I mean, I was, I, we're, we've all been young once and, and I understand this journey. And I think each time the journey is shaped, you know, by what is happening around us. So when there is more hate going on around us, the fear of being more authentic to yourself, you know, becomes more evident. So to address the, the youth who are listening in, in this program, I just hope that you would never be afraid to embrace who you are, you know, be authentic to who you really are, learn, you know, love yourself. Um, it is very important. Care for yourself. Never give up. For us LGBTQI people, our lives are really going to be harder. It's more challenging. But if you live your lives more authentically, it's more rewarding. On that note, say someone who's at school, say you have a friend who's who comes out to you as a trans person. In that situation, how should people provide support to those people in, in their lives who mm-hmm. are openly trans? One, work on your reaction. Because sometimes when, when you get, you react in such a shocked way, it invalidates their experience because you don't know the pain that they'll go through when you're just thinking of your own pain, right? Because your pain is the pain of accepting, you know, someone else's authentic self. But their pain is a lot more than that because it takes a whole lot of courage to be true to who they are. So accept that person. Second, journey with that person, you know, try to understand what they need. You may not know it, so you may need to know it with them. Right? Or maybe look around and like here in Hong Kong, you have people like me, you know, who there are a few others who are teaching in gender studies programs, like someone, Dr. Professor Swen Tung from uh, CUHK, and he also does gender studies. There 
there's an organization here in Hong Kong called uh, Gender Empowerment. There is Quarks. There is LGBT Tourism. There's Transgender Resource Center. There are some resources out there. So don't be afraid to reach out to people like us if you want to understand more about yourself or go to the internet. Hopefully, there are safe. Well, the internet isn't always 100% safe, but there will always be safe spaces there. You would find a community. That's for sure. So um, the support is very important. I just want to end on a broader note. Do you think the situation of the trans community here is likely to improve or to deteriorate? Mm. I don't have the luxury of foresight, but at least I have enthusiasm and determination and optimism. I always count on that because I also come from a point where we don't, we didn't talk about trans rights, you know, or openly. We didn't even have the lexicon for our experience. The, the the struggles and the victories. So I'll just I just believe that there is something good uh, for us. But we should not be afraid of who we are. So just be visible, be true to yourself. You know, find your community, and uh, I'm I'm pretty sure things will look better. There is a rainbow waiting for all of us. That's for sure. Brenda, thank you so much for speaking to us. Thank you so much for having me. Hope to come back soon. After talking to Dr. Brenda Rodriguez Alegre about trans rights, I think it's more important than ever that we empathize with members of the trans community and take steps to tear down social structures that disempower trans people. If you would like to learn more about this topic, check out the Common Room page on our website, rthk.hk, where we've included links to the websites of a range of LGBTQ advocacy organizations. Huge thank you to Brenda, and of course, huge thank you to Abe as well. Good job, guys. Call